Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Insider Dave Spadaro at the NovaCare Complex as the Eagles get ready for the prime time on Sunday night, a trip out to the West Coast against the defending NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. This will not be easy. Now, the 49ers have had a bunch of injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback, missing last week's game, questionable for Sunday. Raheem Mostert, same, the running back, who actually was an eagle back in the day. Along the defensive line, the Niners will be without Nick Bosa, their emerging star at defensive end. Defensive tackle Solomon Thomas also out. And a bunch of bumps and bruises along the way, but the Niners didn't let that bother them over the weekend. They pounded the New York Giants 36-9, and they are a contender in the NFC once again. We will talk about it a little later on here uh, when we get into that whole thing about it. I mean, we're kind of figuring out, like, hey, how good is this team? Can they possibly be a team to beat? We'll talk about that with Tim Ryan, the 49ers color analyst for their radio broadcasts. We're also going to meet with wide receiver Greg Ward, who's had a pretty nice season here. 14 catches, a touchdown, had a big one on Sunday against Cincinnati. We're going to talk about what's happening in the locker room as the Eagles look for their first victory of this 2020 season. So let's begin with the head coach, Doug Peterson. We go one-on-one with him every week. He's been getting just tons of negative from the media and the fans. Everybody's upset. We get it. Nobody's happy here. Trust me. Nobody expected to be 0-2-1. So when I had a chance to talk to Doug, I wanted to take a different approach. That's my thing this week. I'm trying to be positive, optimistic. Why be negative? Let's bring out the optimist. That's the theme here, one-on-one with head coach Doug Peterson. We welcome you to our weekly one-on-one with head coach Doug Peterson, presented by Wawa. I'm insider Dave Spadaro. And coach, I, I have an idea. I want to go full-on optimism. You, you going to be with me on this one? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Uh, let, let's start. Uh, let's, let's, what is working with the offense? What do you like with what you've seen in the offense moving forward? I think we've, we've caught some traction with our run game. Uh, I think that's something the last two weeks we've, we've kind of put our hat on and, and um, you know, excelled in. Uh, I like the fact, too, that we've, we've gone a little more up-tempo, you know, with our, with our offense. It's, it's provided points in the, in the first quarter. Um, you know, more so of the field goal nature. We'd love to score the touchdowns, obviously, and that's something we got to focus on. Um, and and then just you know, I, I think too, you know, especially early in football games, getting Carson out of the pocket, allowing him to see the field a little bit differently, uh, has had has had a little bit of success on the defense and has putting putting pressure on the defenses that way too. So uh, those couple of things right now in the first couple of games um, have have really kind of sparked us and kept us uh, kept us in these games. Why does up-tempo work, and when have you kind of called it in your coaching history? When is it a feel that you have? Um, There's really two things. One, it's um, sometimes you start the game, you know, up-tempo. You want to go ahead and put pressure, you know, kind of shock the defense by starting a game that way. Um, and then the second reason is is maybe your offense is in a little bit of a, a lull, and, and you need to spark your own offense. And, and it's a way to kind of get, get the offense sort of jump-started. Uh, during a game so it's a little bit of both um, it's feel sometimes because your offense maybe uh, is looking for a spark and then and then the other way is you're trying to shock the defense right out of the gate and go up tempo you know to start you feel you have the versatility with some players to 
maybe change things up here moving forward, changing up the approach? You kind of mentioned that early in the week to the media. Yeah, I mean, there's something we're going to take a look at. You know, we we got to, you know, with the, with the number of injuries that we have on offense, we're going to have to be creative with the guys we have, right? Um, and and look at everybody, and 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 even our practice squad players that we might have to elevate, you know, as these next next in the in the coming weeks, and and so we're going to take a look at that as a staff. I know we you only have a couple of weeks until you, or a couple of days until you're back on the practice field, uh, but but we got to we got to do it in a, in a in a rapid manner um, so we have the best possible personnel, you know, available for uh, for our upcoming week. Doug Miles Sanders, running back, year two. Tell me what kind of development progress you've seen from him. I've seen I've seen great progress. I've seen a, a guy that's running with great vision. He's running hard. He runs behind his shoulder pads, as we say. Um, his pass protection has gotten extremely uh, better uh, in two years. Um, he, he's still, you know, a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield, route runner. It's some of the things that we're going to continue to explore with him. But uh, I really like where he's at, you know, uh, going into year two. I know the story of Greg Ward is the former college quarterback turned wide receiver in the NFL. I don't even want to talk about him as a former quarterback. He looks like he is so comfortable in that wide receiver position, mostly from the slot. He really seems to have come a long, long way. He has, and and he's really, you know, obviously, you know, changing positions like like you mentioned from quarterback to receiver. He, he's such a good, he's got such a great head on his shoulders. He understands defense. He understands, you know, leverage, zone man. Um, he knows his own strengths and weaknesses, and, and, he, and he uses that, you know, to get open. He, I think he and Carson are, are beginning to really kind of be on the same page uh, a little bit more. Um, and, and so we got to find, uh, again, he's one of those players that we got to find ways to get, get the ball to now here in the, in the next couple of weeks. On Sunday, John Hightower, his most action in the NFL, uh, certainly much improved from week one against Washington. Did you see the same thing? I do see the same thing. You know, he, he is taking steps forward, which is good. Um, he's another one who's got great speed, quickness, elusiveness. Uh, we were able to, you know, put him in positions to not only he, – he drew a couple of, you know, interference calls, you know, in the game, you know, Sunday that helped us go down and, and score that game-tying uh, touchdown. Uh, but, he, but he is getting better. And, and he's a young player that we're excited about, and we got to continue to coach him and uh, and get him to, uh, to really embrace now – you know, his opportunity uh, in, in the NFL. Doug, I know Carson has made some mistakes. He's got some throws he'd like to have back. But, boy, I thought he played so hard on Sunday against Cincinnati. And I really feel like that's what he's going to be bringing to the table every week, that he's not going to let this external stuff bother him. Yeah, he, he brings so much energy every week. And he played he played with a great mental and physical toughness, I think, on Sunday that, that really sort of kind of oozed out to the rest of the offense and probably to the rest of the team. You know, the way he the way he battled and hung in there, you know, brought the team back, scored the, you know, the game-tying, you know, uh, touchdown there at the end. And, um, you know, you're right. There are some some plays he would like to have back. And, and these are things that we're going to continue to coach. We're going to continue to coach all the players the same. We're going to coach them hard. We're going to coach them aggressive so that moving forward we make those plays. And it's still a long season. You know, we're only three games in. 13 to go, and, and uh, we're not far out of first place even in our division right now. So there's, there's a positive as well. There we go. That, that is the theme here. We're going to be positive. Uh, and, Doug, the, the, the D-line, uh, the sacks come in bunches. They came in bunches on Sunday. Maybe this is the start of something big for a defensive line that we all think is going to be very, very good. Yeah, it's a talented D-line, and, and it was good to get Fletcher out there during the week. We didn't know if he was going to be available. And um, 
came out and he he played he played well. You know, Hargrave getting his second game and getting his legs, you know, going a little bit. I thought Josh Sweat coming off the edge, BG, even Derek Barnett. I mean, really put some pressure on, you know, on uh, on, on on Burrow a little bit in the in the pocket and 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 really did a nice job. And and it really. When you can do that and put pressure with four guys, we also pressured a little bit from from the safety and nickel spots a little bit, which also added some some pressure in there. Uh, it makes it uh, makes it a little more difficult to complete passes down the field. I thought the D line did a nice job. Doug, we we enter the phase of Eagles are in a familiar role as underdogs. Will you play that up this week? Well, I, I go into every week as as we're underdogs, you know, and and we always have something to prove. Backs always against the wall. Um, got to come out swinging each and every week, and and uh, we just kind of kind of backed ourselves into a corner a little bit this first first three games of the season. So um, you know, there's no quit. There's no you know, there's a lot of fight and energy with this group, which I'm excited about. Uh, we get a chance to coach another week, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. What have you seen from the Niners? It's a good team. Obviously, you know, in the Super Bowl last year, um, they're 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 dealing with some injury issues as well. You know, um, but uh, we'll see how the how the week goes. But this is, this is a good team. You know, as a, they do a lot of stuff on offense, the play action pass game, the run game on offense. So we got to be real disciplined there. This is a really good third down defense. They can get after the passer with the pass rush that they have. Um, and, and so we got to be we got to be creative and uh, you know looking forward to the opportunity. Doug, last one. What is it like for you to go through this stretch? Um, how do you respond internally? Well, you know, you you. you, you you're obviously you're disappointed, right? In, in in the way the team the team played, or you know you, you didn't come away with with the win or whatever it might be. And so, you know, for a few hours you just kind of you know you're going back through the tape and you're grinding through it and you're cranking on. But then you know what? You you, you finally snap out of it. And you're like, and hey, we got another opportunity. The sun came up today. Get another chance to coach. We got a great opportunity this weekend. You know, we're we're in the national spotlight. It's a Sunday night football game, and and uh, we're excited about that. You know, and and going on the road and. Um, we understand we got to coach and play better, and, and it all starts there, and, and uh, we'll do that this week. See that optimism to start the week here. Let's carry it through to Sunday night and beat the Niners, our weekly one-on-one -on -one with head coach Doug Peterson, presented by Wawa. Coach, good luck on Sunday against San Fran. Thank you, Dave. You know, it's gotten to the point with Greg Ward where you don't even talk about the backstory. The great college quarterback at the University of Houston, all the times he was released, put on the practice squad, cut, out on the streets, makes the move to wide receiver. That, that stuff, great story, but it's kind of in the past, right? We, doubt, we, we now just look at Greg Ward as a, a good NFL wide receiver. He's been reliable this year. He's been productive this year. And he kind of leads the way for the Eagles wide receivers into prime time on Sunday night. And that is special for Greg Ward Jr. here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Wide receiver Greg Ward joins the Eagles Insider Podcast here. And, G. Ward, let's talk a little bit about something that has nothing to do with football. I've asked six guys, who's the funniest player in the locker room? And you get the most votes. You're, you're laid back to the media. You got something up your sleeve, don't you, man? No, not at all. <laughs> I just like to keep everybody on their toes. What is your style of humor? Who's a good comedian to? Uh, Chris Tucker. Okay. Chris, Chris Tucker. Okay. That's right. That's, and Martin. And Martin. Um, yeah, because you're like the Chris Tucker guy. Who's, I have not seen Chris Tucker since... Jackie Chan movies, maybe? Yeah, it's been a while. I still, <laughs> I still watch those movies. Hey, uh, I guess um, the football side of things. Um, you've been targeted 19 times. You've had 14 catches. That's an excellent percentage. Does that percentage mean something to you? Uh, it, it really just motivates me to continue to get better. 
you know, just continue to be on the same page with Carson. Um, just continue to work hard in practice. And um, just stay on the, on, the, on the same path, you know, on, on Sundays. All right, let's talk a little about Carson Wentz. Uh, he's going through some struggles. Uh, people are criticizing him on the outside. How do you feel about that? How, do you, how does the team rally around number 11? The, the, everybody has his back, you know. I don't, I don't listen to the outside at all because they, they really don't matter. They're not here putting in the work with us. They don't see how he works day in and day out. And just like I said, man, he's, he's our quarterback, man. We're always going to have his back. Is it something, do you generally just tune out the outside? Have you done that your entire Always career? have. Since the time you were in high school? Always have. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. Whenever you're doing good, they're going to pat you on the back. Whenever you're doing bad, they're going to talk bad about you. So I just stay even keel, stay the same, and just just continue to play for my teammates. But you are a social media guy, no? Uh, not really. Okay. <laughs> you're the only one who's, how old are you, 25 years old? You're the only one. 25. 25-year-old guy in the world who's not on social media. Congratulations on that. It's not a good place I to be. I have social media. I just don't be on it that much. Uh, what, what do you search out besides my accounts, the Eagles Insider podcast and all that? Um, what, do, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you search out on, on what, is, what does social media mean to you, Greg? Hanging out with your friends? Like checking out on Hanging on out buds? with your friends, basically, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but um, whenever I'm on air, I, I like to watch highlights. You know, those things are exciting. I actually like to watch, like, all the players around and see how they're making plays, and that's, that's very encouraging, you know. And um, some of the routes from certain receivers, uh, different receivers around, I kind of add that to my game. Uh, how is your route running in terms of just the improvement you've made from, let's say, even a month ago? Like, do you feel it getting better day by day, week by week? Uh, day by day, definitely. Um, I just have to continue to stay on it, man. Um, every single day, I can never get relaxed because once I take my foot off the gas, that's when things get bad. What is the key to great route running? Being violent, you know, being patient, and um, and just trusting yourself and trusting your training. Is it that precise that if you literally step to the left half a yard, that can blow up the entire timing of a route? Sometimes, yes. Hmm. Definitely. Describe what violent means. I'm not sure fans understand what violent means for a wide receiver running a route. Coming off the ball, pumping your arms, running violent, okay. you know, running like you're running a 100-meter dash okay, okay. in track. I understand that now. Uh, let's talk about the touchdown on Sunday against Cincinnati. Take me through the play. Your thoughts, because they had just what they called a timeout just before that, I think. Um, can you tell me about the feeling that you had? You're All of a sudden, you're wide open, and you see nothing but end zone in front of you. Um, actually, me and Carson was talking about that on the sideline before we went out there. And he was saying if they did this in his defense, then he was going to throw it to me, and that's exactly what happened. I was able to get an outside release um, in a uh, cover two defense. The, the safety didn't get off the hash that much, and he was able to find me in the hole. Your second NFL touchdown, Greg, um, did you keep this football? No, I didn't. Greg, what is going on with this not, not keeping the football thing? What, what's, I don't, I don't get know. it. Aren't you supposed to keep footballs? Uh, I guess, but, you know, um, hopefully I get more so. That's, I got to get more touchdowns. That's so, true. Yeah. Uh, let's talk wide receiver group. Um, there's been a lot of injuries. Uh, how have you guys held together? Young group. You're kind of one of the veterans here. What kind of advice for you have you had for some of these younger players? Just stay hungry. You know, just let the game come to us and uh, just make sure we, we're all on the same page and know what we're doing. You know, um, there's no loose ends. We're all on the same team and we all care for each other. So let's play hard for each other. It's Sunday night football on Sunday in San Fran. Um, before you played in the NFL, were you one of those guys who watched every primetime game? 
I didn't watch everyone, but I watched a lot of them. Okay, and, what, and, and who will be watching? Will you be aware of the big Greg Ward family gathering somewhere perhaps in Texas or wherever? Will there, will, will there be a Greg Ward family gathering? Probably so. Okay. Probably so. Do you feel that when you're out playing? I, I do, actually. Yes. Um, I remember the times when I was watching, and I remember the times when I was watching on the sideline. When I was at home and when I was on the sideline, and now that I'm able to play on Sunday nights, it's, it's just truly a blessing, man, and I'm going to soak it all in and leave it out, uh, leave it on the field. Let's do it. Greg Ward, thank you so much for joining me here yes, on the Insider Podcast. Good luck on Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Now we take our first look at the San Francisco 49ers who came oh so close last year to winning the Super Bowl and instead they fell, but they're right back in the mix. Good football team despite a lot of injuries. My guest Tim Ryan from the 49ers radio broadcast team, former NFL player, first round draft pick out of USC, Chicago Bear. He knows what he's talking about and he likes what he's seen from the Niners through three weeks. Tim, uh, you know, teams that go to the Super Bowl and lose are supposed to come back and struggle. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case with San Francisco. All these injuries and you're still pushing through it. I mean, how would you kind of evaluate that part of it, the, the mental resilience of this football team? Yeah, well, that's, that's the best point. You're right on, on uh, you know, Super Bowl runner-ups and, and coming back the next year and, and, you know, having success and certainly getting back to the big show has is, is only happened a couple of times. So, um, you know, it's a challenge for all the teams that have lost the Super Bowl. But when you look at this team and, and the mental toughness, and I'm glad you said resiliency, I think that's what they're all about because their depth has been absolutely challenged already through the first couple of weeks of the season. And when you got no off season, um, and then you start with, uh, with the Arizona Cardinals and everything that Kyler Murray is, and that style of quarterback really has been, you know, somewhat of the kryptonite for the 49er defense. When you go back and look at Russell Wilson and his movement skills and, you know, really the, the true dual threat quarterback and, and Kyler Murray did that. So that was a challenge. But when you look at the resiliency of the, the injuries that, this team endured in week two at New York against the Jets and in particular losing just a superstar and a, and a future real superstar in this league and, and Nick Bosa with his ability to rush the corner and Solomon Thomas and D Ford's been out and just injuries across the board and then Jimmy Garoppolo on offense and Raheem Mostert. I mean, we can just keep going down the list. George Kittle and then week three, Jordan Reed. This is a mentally tough football team and I think it starts at the top I think it starts at the head coach um, in terms of the message that he's providing every every day to those players and then the guys you know that pick the personnel and, and as I like to call them they've the paid professional observers of talent and 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 they have gotten guys on this team that are mentally tough. And, you know, when you endure those injuries, when you endure a Super Bowl loss and you're seven minutes away from a party with the Lombardi, that sticks with you. And then you add the pandemic and, and you know, something that we're all going through and have gone through. Um, this is the year of the mentally tough. This is the year of the football team, the organization that can really keep their eyes on the prize despite all of these crazy dynamics and, and real life and death situations for, you know, a lot of the players and their families in terms of what they're going through and, and away from football. So major challenge and, and glad that this team has been able to so far come through with, with the depth and the mental toughness. I know it's early in the week. Do you anticipate any of those guys, Garoppolo, for example, coming back against the Eagles? 
Yeah, I'm not so sure about Jimmy. You know, those ankle sprains, in particular the high ankle sprain, and I, I know there's still some conjecture whether it's a high ankle sprain or not. That's I, I'm not sure about that. I know how it was first reported. So um, really up in the air on that one. I think Kittle's got a good chance of coming back, especially now coupled with the, the Jordan Reed injury, and it looks like he might be out for a little while and, and getting hurt last week. Um up in the air on Raheem Mostert, don't know, and, and we'll know more as this week goes in, in terms of the practice regiment. I think Debo Samuel is going to go, I think, just based on, you know, being on injured reserve for three weeks. And I know he wanted to go in the opener, and they did some things and he did in, in terms of trying to test that foot and, and apparently wasn't quite ready to go. So um, I think he's got a good chance of being able to go. Um so it's going to be interesting, man, and, and I'll tell you what, that Philadelphia team, you, you, there's a lot of talent on that team, as you know. Uh, it's been a very rough season, and as I said a little while ago, that style of play, the moving quarterback and the ability to get away from pass rushers has you know, has been a, a thorn in the defense of this 49er D. So I go back to that matchup a few years ago, and really in the 17th season, and it kind of all changed for the 49ers on that day. I mean, you can almost thank your defense for just absolutely, you know, hammering the quarterback in C.J. Beathard that game. And I know you remember it and and just was getting pelted. And there was a lot of injuries on that field that day. And I remember on the flight flight home, it was like, I believe it was still over, no no wins on the on the docket for the staff. And I was like, oh, man, this this doesn't feel good. Guys are like really felt like it was soul searching on the plane. And then the next day or a day or two later, Jimmy Garoppolo was in the building with the trade. So, um, you know, that was a defining moment, and, and you guys were a part of that. Philadelphia was a part of it. And I also remember the defense that day finally started to figure out how to how to shut down the run and, and get after the run a little bit. If I remember, you can check the stats on that. But I also remember getting heat on Carson Wentz and him being an unbelievably tough sack, the way that he can bob and weave and dip and get away from it. So I know it's all in there. And, you know, when you consider a lot of the depth players that are having to play and, and for this for this San Francisco team, it's hard as hell to win any game in, in pro football on Sundays. This will be a big challenge. Give me an overview, if you would, of without Jimmy G, the offense still against the Giants put up what a 36 um, points yeah the run game wasn't great i'll give you that you know this team is always built on on the run game and play action and getting that stretch play work and you know they run that three four defense hard to get the ball out on the edge so there were some adjustments and in terms of you know how they're going to block it up a little differently and they got a couple runs going right before the end of the half but really the game was about you know ball control team football and nick mullins making the right decisions and getting the ball out on time one thing about Nick, and he didn't play last year, played a couple of years ago, and you know the numbers, first eight starts. You know, he threw for the four, four, fourth most yards of any player in pro football since since 1970, the modern era of football. And there's been a, a lot of good ones delivering the mail. And, you know, the fourth most yards in his first eight starts to start a pro career. So um, he's certainly talented in terms of being able to go to the right spot. I think his arm has gotten stronger. Um, you could see some some illustrations of that on the on the field against the Giants and throwing outside the numbers and hanging in the pocket for three and a half four seconds and driving a ball down the down the middle and into the you know into the middle of the defense uh, off of his back foot, which was a and there was a few examples of that. But he's you know he's going to be prepared. He knows the offense as well as anybody, and I, I would say as well as any quarterback could know this offense. 
Um, it's his fourth season in it. He's unbelievably prepared in, in terms of his mind's eye. And I think the good ones, I, I always think of real good quarterbacks, and you see it when boy, the primaries um, covered, the secondaries covered. Maybe he gets to his third read. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's running out of time. And then whip his head whips right back to where his check down's going to be or where he knows his, his safety outlet's going to be. And it gets to the guy on time. I, th- I think a big part of that is – you know, the good ones to me, in terms of the, the guys that process it, they they see that mental picture in their mind. And, and, and I really believe, you know, when, when things are breaking down and there's, you know, six rushers trying to rip your head off and, and get into your ear hole, you're... Your mind's eye has got to see the grid. Your mind's eye has to see where your receivers are versus what you may have saw in terms of the rotation of the coverage. And I think Nick has all of that. So when in doubt, he knows where he can go with the football in terms of getting into a safety outlet. But his patience, his poise, his accuracy, um, those are all on tap against the Giants. How does a struggling Eagles offense that's got a ton of injuries attack San Francisco's defense? Um, well, I think you know, everybody needs to try to run the ball. And San Francisco, this 49er front, has been pretty damn good at defending running backs. Um, you know, Carson Wentz may have to get his legs dialed back up. And, I, you know, we know his, his injury history. But Kyler Murray got him good with his legs on, on some scrambles. And, and Kyler's going to do that to, to everybody for Arizona. Donald got him for a scramble or two. Daniel Jones hit him with a couple of read zones and and really kind of caught him with their eyes in the backfield. And those were the biggest plays by the Giants. So I think you got to run the ball, whether it's with your running backs or with with uh, with the quarterback making timely runs with his legs. Um, you know, and then you, you got to keep you got to keep the quarterback clean in terms of the four man rush. And if the four man rush is working. And hopefully for the 49ers and for the fans, it is. Um, it's a challenge because this defense doesn't give up a lot of big plays. They're not going to let you beat them over the top. So then your quarterback's got to be patient. Your receivers, your tight ends, your running backs, they got to break tackles when you, you know, when you feed them under those zones and some of that shell coverage. And the 49ers want to rally up and they want to hit you and they want to be fierce tacklers. So I think it's a mix of everything, but it, it really starts by being able to do your best to control that front and control that line of scrimmage. And if you can run and get them into the third and shorts, and then you, you know, you can rely offensively on your short passing game and some scrambles by your quarterback. And of course the screen game and all the rush beater stuff, um, you'll be in it. And then I think the biggest thing that's a help for opponents offenses, um, is if your defense can get off the field on third down, if 49ers can continue to kind of, you know, play keep away, move the ball on third down, hit you with plays and wrinkles that you haven't seen before on tape and and get you with some big chunk plays and more importantly, possess that football, then, you know, your offense is, is going to be a lot more pressure on them. Final question for you. Even with all of these injuries, do you still see the Niners as a bona fide Super Bowl contender? Um, well, I, I think a little bit of that has been has been rubbed off. I, I don't think you can you know lose some of the stars that they that they've lost already, and then you you couple that with the Forrest Buckner being out the door, and I think eventually that's going to be the right decision with Javon Kinlaw. Um, yeah, I, look, it's a great coaching staff. They're unbelievably prepared. If there was ever a time to get significant injuries, especially in this season, because it's so damn unpredictable, you don't know what's going to happen in terms of injuries or the pandemic. 
maybe week two was the time to get him. So, um, yeah, I still, I mean, the division's tough as hell, but I still think they're in it to win it. Tim, thanks so much. All right, Dave, be good, buddy. Thank you. That will do it for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Insider Dave Spadaro here. Thanks to Peter Kelly and Ray Doyle for their work. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. We're back on Friday with our tailgate edition. Oh, do we need a win on Sunday in California. If you have a moment to drop us a little review, the five stars always help. There's a link in the details section of your podcast library. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, and fly, Eagles, fly! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! We want you to know about all the podcasts in the Eagles network of podcasts. So make sure you tune in to not only this Eagles Insider podcast three times a week, but make sure you subscribe and listen to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, our Journey to the Draft podcast Tuesday and Thursday, and our Eagles Update podcasts, which give you the news in a flash Monday through Saturday throughout this 2020 season. Sign up, subscribe, and listen to our Eagles network of podcasts.